Hello again, and welcome back to the show. I'm Anthony Shetler. My guest today is Cody Garrett. Cody is ex-Navy, ex-SWAT police officer, turned professional YouTuber. He has managed to grow a huge following with 1.2 million subscribers. Most of his videos are based around cop stuff, shooting breakdowns. Uh, the video I watched today was him giving his 10-year-old his first assault rifle. Um, Cody has just recently opened up a skate shop in Fort Mills, South Carolina. That is at 5.0 Skate Shop on Instagram. I will put both the links to his skate shop and his YouTube channel in the description of this episode. I really enjoyed talking with Cody. He is the man. I know you will enjoy this. As always, if you would like to support the podcast, the best way to do that would be to share this episode. And please leave a comment. Let me and Cody know what you thought of this episode. Till next time, friends. Choo 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 choo. Boo boo. Hey. You are now tuning into the All I Need podcast. But uh, I'm just so glad it's skateboarding. It's been the one thing that came to me at the right time. It could have been anything I imagined, but skateboarding was what it was. So I, I love skateboarding to death. That's right when I found skateboarding. Like my friend showed me, and I was like latched onto it because it was the uh, only thing at that time that was really fun and like my escape. And I fell in love with it, you know. Hell yeah! Sick, Cody. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. For sure. Yeah, I'm stoked you're down to do this. So. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Uh, like I was just saying, I kind of want to start it off with like, what was your first introduction to skateboarding? Um, Avril Lavigne, Skater Boy. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I shit you not. Uh, I was like 13, maybe, and um, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why, but you know that song was super popular back when I was a teenager, and I heard it, and I was like, hey, I want a skateboard, and so my first board I actually got was a World Industries board. Yeah. Um, yeah. Years and years ago, and uh, that's that was my introduction to it. You know, I started. I, I played a lot of Tony Hawk early in the day, and um, yeah, man, just got really, really, really into it for several years there before I joined the military. That's uh, funny. You were the skater boy she's singing about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why I did it, man. I was like, I can pull all the chicks doing this. I mean, she was dreamy. <laughs> I definitely like Avril was crushing a little bit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. Uh, where are you? Where are you from originally? Yeah, I grew up in uh, Florence, Alabama, and yeah, there wasn't much of a skate scene there. But <laughs> that's what I was gonna get to. Like, was there anything to skate? Um, it was rural Alabama, and they had a rinky dinky little skate park there that the city had thrown up, and it was just garbage, complete garbage. And, uh, you know, we, we did with it what we could. We tried to build some of our own ramps in our backyards and stuff, but yeah. 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 The DIY efforts are strong, man. Yeah. Even nowadays, like my friends just built a DIY out in uh Plymouth mass and, uh, it's rad. And they built like a normal park. The city built a park as well. So now it's kind of sick to have the contrast of both. That's really good, man. We'd like to get one around here in our area where I'm living right now. There's uh there's no parks in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Oh, you're down in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, you were just saying you stopped by Eastern too. They they have uh did you get a ride their park at all? I didn't get to ride it. Um I'm just now getting back into riding again after fifteen years, so I would have killed myself on their park. But their park is freaking amazing, man. Have you have you been there to ride it yet? Yeah, we went down, we took like an all I need skate team trip down there and skated that park for a few hours. It was so humid, but it was kind of like Massachusetts in August, so it was perfect. Yeah, yeah, that park's amazing, man. They said we could bring, uh, you know, like a skate camp, a bunch of kids back there to hang out, so they're really cool people. Yeah, um, okay, so you find skating, how, um, how do you end up in the military? Um, well, I, I was actually still skateboarding at the time. And delivering pizzas and just doing a lot of stuff I shouldn't have done. And I needed to do something with my life. So I joined the Navy when I was 19 years old. And uh, from there, I just, I didn't skateboard uh, for years and years. I'm 30, I'm about to be 32 and I'm just now getting back into it. Yeah. 
Why the Navy, like? Um, because I, I tried to go Army Infantry, and my mom talked me out of it and was like, I want you to be safe on a boat. Promise me you'll do it. And so I did. And then I spent five years in the Navy, and I never touched a boat. So it was kind of weird how that worked out. <laughs> That's crazy. How'd you, how'd you do in school? Um, I, I did pretty pretty well. Had some C's here and there, but I definitely was part of like the skate culture, like the outcasts and the kids causing trouble and you know stuff like that. It was fun. <laughs> was it so? What I'm wondering is like, was that a goal of yours, is to join some sort like do some service? Uh, no, not at all. Um, yeah, I kind of wanted to do my own thing, and that's why I was delivering pizzas and just doing a bunch of stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. And uh, I realized that. It was a good way to get out of like my little town that I was in because everyone gets stuck there and actually go out in the world and do something. So yeah, I think, I think it was a good move. I, I suggest it for anyone, any young person who doesn't know what they're what they want to do in life. Yeah, to help you probably find some structure, I imagine. For sure, man. You get that free college when you get out. You don't even have to take a combat role if you don't want to. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that seems like a cool idea if you got no plans, you know, and you're just yeah, looking for a challenge. Exactly. <laughs> That's wild, man. Um, okay, so how long ago, this is kind of connected, but how long ago did you start your YouTube channel? Uh, February of 2016, I started my YouTube channel. What was the spark for that? What was the interest? Uh, I just, I, I, I don't know. I felt like it would be a really cool hobby. I never... I never really thought I would make money off of it. And my first video actually is a Minecraft video, just hanging out with my son playing Minecraft. And then it kind of evolved from there because at the time I was a police officer in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Wow. Yeah. You've done all types, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was in the Navy for five years. I got out, was a bartender for about a year. And then um, I became a police officer for th about three years. And which I, one, I was, what, sorry, which one was more of a challenge? Um, definitely the Navy, because the last two years in, in the Navy, I was trying to be a Navy SEAL. And so, you know, that was probably one of the most challenging things I ever did. And I ended up getting hurt doing that and dropped out of that and got out of the Navy. What did you injure? Uh, my back. I fell off the obstacle course. at uh, but They call it BUDS, Basic Underwater Demolition School, which is in Navy SEAL school. So I didn't get to do that. Wow, that stuff seems intense. The bud stuff seems wild. It was it was nuts, man. It was it was definitely a huge kick in the balls, the entire thing. So, yeah, did were, were you expecting anything like that when you're getting into trying to figure out the seals and the, were you just like, let's go for it? Um, no, I knew everything that was going to happen because I hung out with those guys and um, worked out with them and swam with those with the, with the seals with the teams for like two years before I even went to the training. So I knew what was going to happen, and I knew the injury rate was pretty high. And you know, the attrition rate is like it's something crazy, like eighty five percent of people drop out of it. And uh, so yeah, took took my chances, rolled the dice, and ended up just getting hurt and then dropping out. And how was a police officer? It was fun, man. Um, I did. I was I, I was on patrol the entire time, uh, but I was also on the SWAT team for the last two years. I did it, Holy and um, yeah, that that was pretty fun. That was that was awesome. And uh, I did some narcotic stuff, did some undercover stuff, and so got got to do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, sounds intense, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm a layman, dude. So like, the only time I, de I I've dealt with cops is like my mom had like substance abuse problems, and there was like some abuse issues and cops would come in. So it was like, that was like my real only interaction with cops is just like as a kid, like watching them come in and break up domestic violence, you know? Oh like, man. Um, But like to go, like I always thought about like cops and what's the perspective of that angle or like what they must've thought, you know, I'd be sitting there like, this is such a crazy situation for them too, you know? Yeah. How do you, how do you feel like, how do you feel like, were you ready for that, or is that something you just have in you, like, to um, go into crazy situations and deal with them? Because I imagine you've gone into some situations. Yeah, I mean, I, I learned how to handle stress in the military, and it just kind of carried over into that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was funny, too, when I was growing up, especially when I was skateboarding. I didn't like cops, 
Uh, I didn't like cops at all. Despite my uh, my grandfather was a police officer for like 30 years and like all my cousins were cops. I just thought they were big buzzkills. And, you know, I just didn't really understand the profession. So when I got into it up, up until I got into it, I was like, man, I, you know, I think these guys have too much power. Like, I don't like how they do this. But once I got into it, started to see like, oh, this is why they do this. This is why they're doing this. You know, that's where the YouTube channel kind of came from, too. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say because the channel is like, I could tell you in depth about some of the stuff. Like one of the videos I was watching was you with your son and the, his gift. The te- the he's ten years old and he gets his AR. <laughs> oh yeah, yep, yeah. Um, I've been training him on like gun safety since he was five years old, so it's no big deal for me. But it was funny some of the blowback I got from that, like especially um, people who, who are not American coming at me and they're like, "This is exactly what an American would do: give their son a machine gun." <laughs> Like, no, nah, that's not what's happening exactly. Like, I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to give it to him. Be like, here, go play with the neighborhood boys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I keep it locked up and we take it to the range. Well, yeah, because you look at the title and then you go in and you think of like crazy people you see online and then you get in. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, OK, well, there's like he's teaching them, you know, and there's like structure and he's not just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, de- definitely not, man. There's There's got to be structure to letting a 10 year old handle something like that. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's weird to like um most people can't imagine wield, wielding that type of power like, you know, like to hold a gun or whatever. It's like yeah. a scary concept to some people. It definitely is. Yeah, my father was into guns. He like had some guns. I never really got into him. I was really young and uh but I remember having him around like and just like his severity about the situation of like how not to fuck around and joke, you know. Mhm. Like, we were just kind of like, he knew, like, I knew the rules, you know, with the guns is don't go near them, basically. Yeah. Dude, if you're if you're ever around Charlotte, North Carolina, or down the Fort Millway, I'll take you shooting, man. Yeah, that would be epic. Yeah. Hell yeah. My friends, they hunt a little bit in New Hampshire, and they took me out into, like, um, a gun range. My other buddy took me out, shot his AR-15. Those were fun. He had, like, he collected all different pieces and put them all together and was so obsessed with it. It was pretty sick and he was a mormon too which is funny oh cool <laughs> yeah and he's just super into guns which i it doesn't i guess it's not conflicting but <laughs> fun stuff man yeah man um yeah so the channel you just started as fun like i saw you have over a million followers that's pretty heavy yeah um started it as fun like i said my first video was minecraft uh, it was yeah. me blowing up my son with tnt and minecraft and it just kind of evolved into you know, me breaking down these incidents that people don't really understand. And yeah, it just, it just blew up, especially the past two years. Got, um, I think I hit 1.2 million today. Subscribers, subscribers there on YouTube. Yeah. So That's sick, along. man. What do you think it is about the channel? Do you think it's the topics or the way you handle it or a little bit of all? Um, I think it's a little bit of everything. I think I have a way of turning something that that's dull into something that can be entertaining. Um, it's kind of messed up to say about, you know, someone getting shot, but, um, I, I don't, I don't know. I think I can break it down. Like, like, you know, news channels don't break it down. They're just like, Hey, this guy got shot, but I can take it and say, Hey, look at the distance. Look how many cops were there. Look at what weapons they were using. You know, I'm, I'm good at finding all the details and piecing it together for people to understand. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a good skill to have, <laughs> especially in life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Um, yeah, I was looking through some of the playlists and I guess I kind of wanted to go, maybe go through that and explain them. Cop stuff, I guess, is probably self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Just cop stuff, you go in there. Um, what's the Leo Recaps? Uh, Leo Recaps is where I take crime stories. It stands for law enforcement officer recaps. So I'll take like crime stories for the past week or two interesting ones and I'll just kind of, uh, coke and joke about them and, Usually like silly stories like Florida man does this, Florida man does that. Florida man's always up to something. It's always Florida, dude. <laughs> it, it is. It's always Florida. You know, you know why it's always Florida, right? Why like Florida man is this thing, this big thing. They have no. They have the um the the highest government transparency laws out of anywhere in the country. So you know, police force being part of the government, you can go in and pull nearly anything out that you want to see, like report wise. So that's where all these Florida men, it's going on everywhere, all this crazy stuff. But you hear the most about Florida men because the news agencies are able to go in and get all this information without being restricted. 
You're trying to say Florida has bum rap. They they have what? A bum rap. They yeah. have a bum reputation, dude. Yeah, I, I mean they they I mean they do. Everyone's always talking crap about Florida, man. Yeah, it's like the butt of the joke. It's like, oh, someone from Florida always. And yeah. They're honest, or they're at least open enough to let you go through. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that's Leo recaps. It's just crime news going over crime news. That's rad. I imagine the channel just evolved. You just start to see what catches on and what's working and just kind of build around those things. Yeah. Yeah. Basically just whatever's trending at the time. I try to involve that in my videos, like the whole storm area 51 thing um, that, that someone set up on Facebook that was trending for a little bit. And so I took that and turned it into a video. And I think it's my last video I got that got a million views. That was last month. So yeah, just finding something that's trending and putting my own twist on it for a lot of it. Nice. Is it strange to you that they, they, that people, someone could do this, like coming out of the Navy SEALs and being a cop and stuff, and then just to build a big audience through like a platform like that? Yeah, man, I didn't expect at all to do any of this. And like talking about police stuff just kind of came out of nowhere. I saw an incident on the news, and uh, this was back when I had like 50,000 subscribers. I'd just been doing gaming stuff and this and that. And I saw this incident on the news, and I was like, wait that news reporter is they're wrong. They're wrong as shit. They're, they're not telling this exactly how it went. Like I can see in the video how it went. And so that's when I like made one of my first videos where I broke down a shooting and that just blew the channel up and I kept doing those. Wow. That's sick. That's a good reason to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Lots Um, of misinformation. Yeah, man. It's crazy nowadays. I like, we're just kind of meeting here. So I don't know how far to go, but I agree dude. There's like mass confusion out there. Everyone's like, uh, got their own agenda and they're not they're not careful with their language or who they're you know like everyone's fighting each other in the media it's insane yeah yeah exactly man it's so transparent nowadays like before it was just like the big channels and stuff but now there's all independent media and then there's the big channels and you can see the bias and the craziness of it all now it's insane yeah yeah that's what that's what like i try to do in my videos is keep them as unbiased as i can and just tell the facts so people can take those facts and like think about them themselves and make their own decision from there. Yeah. That's that's why I'm glad there's channels like that. Like even just watching you talk to your kid about the gun, it's just like it's good to see that. <laughs> I would have never seen that unless you create the video. So Oh yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um shooting breakdowns, you're just breaking them down, I'm imagine. What about liar liar pants on fire? Uh so those are the big stories, the big viral things that you see on Twitter. Uh, usually Twitter that have a million shares and someone saying this police officer pulled me over at this hour and beat my ass and threw me into a ditch and pissed on me and did all this awful stuff. And it goes viral. And you see the comments like, well, kill that pig. All pigs suck. A cab. All calls. All cops are bastards. Fuck him. Blah, 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 blah. I'll go in and I'll find the department that they're talking about. I'll call the department. I'll talk to anyone I can there. And I'll absolutely 100% prove that that's false. And so that's what liar, liar, pants on fire. It's just people who lie for clout on the internet. Wow. That's and I, and, a good idea. <laughs> and I expose them. So <laughs> yeah, that goes to the whole thing. Dude. It seems like no one, like people are easily easy to lie these days. They feel, I feel like they'll just like slip of the tongue. Easy. can blame people. Like it's just so crazy out there. It is. It's good that people do this though. <laughs> it's crazy. How do you, do you follow the, the election at all i don't uh no i don't i don't really get into politics that much it's such a polarizing topic i'm not trying to push anyone away from me you know yeah i'm just i'm just there trying to set the truth straight yeah no that's good man i've never really i've never uh really paid attention to politics before this year and then i just started peeking in like an outside because i the way i grew up was kind of crazy like my father passed when i was 12 and my mom pretty much had substance abuse pretty much her whole life till she passed a couple years ago. And mm-hmm. I just gravitated towards skateboarding. Cause I was like, I fuck all this crazy shit. I just want to skate. Like I already have enough family. Like we're trying to keep our family together. Like can't deal with all the craziness, you know? So I never really paid attention to politics. And then this year I finally, I like had the chance to actually watch these people. <laughs> and I like yeah. watched all of them. And I was like, Oh my God, this is an crazy, crazy thing that we're all a part of, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's hard to know what's up and down, you know, like that's true. It's very true. Yeah. <laughs> but skating rescues me from that half the time, because every time I get too overwhelmed with that shit, I'm just like, I need to go skate. Like, fuck, that's a, that's the truth. You know, like 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why I wanted to get back into it, man. Yeah. It made, it made me so happy when I was younger and like, you know, I'm, I'm just now like getting to where I can do hill flips, kick flips and stuff again. Like that muscle memory is still there and my body knows like what it wants to do, but I'm still kind of trying to get back into the, in, into things. Like that's, when I was the best, that's awesome though. Cause you're going back to the fundamentals, which is the funnest part of skateboarding, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, su- I suggest like mini ramp, a lot of mini ramp to build the core muscle and your balance back. You'll get sharp again, super sharp. Yeah, we skated one the other day. It was uh, I put a video. I have a second channel with 110,000 subscribers on it called Donut Vloggerator. Oh, and, that's uh, what that is. Yeah, we we went and um, skated. A, 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 we met a friend through my skate shop, and um, he had a mini ramp, and we went up there and skated it. And you know, I'm falling in half of the video, but I was I, I still got some stuff down, man. Like the muscle memory is, is starting to come back, and it feels really good just to start skateboarding again. Yeah, man. and uh, I just I just built a box that's like that tall, shorter than a curb, with you know with some angle iron on it, a little grind box to screw around on. That's perfect. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I need right now. Yeah, fully. Well, that takes us into the skate shop. Where where's that coming to play? Um, so I moved to Fort Mill, South Carolina, about a year ago uh, to be with my girlfriend Kaylee, and you know I've just been doing YouTube the past year, and a few months ago. Uh, I met a guy named Tyler Navai. He's from Santa Cruz. He just moved here from Santa Cruz. And he started talking about how he was into skating. And uh, we were having some drinks one night. And I was talking about how I wish I could get back into skating. And he said, hey, Fort Mill doesn't have a skate shop. And we just came up with the crazy idea of, well, let's start a skate shop here. And so within a few months, we put it all together. And we got our distributors. And we got a good location. And and now it's uh, it's up and running full swing. Yeah, that's amazing, man. That's so epic. Yeah, we're we're just happy to like bring uh, a skate scene to Fort Mill because there's not a skate shop here. There's there's Zoomies in the mall, but that's about it. And so we are like we are the only skate shop in, in Fort Mill, South Carolina. That's so crucial, man. Especially to like anyone who falls in love with skating or that loves skating. Like a skate shop is the hub for everything, you know. Yeah, it's so awesome too, man. We're already getting a bunch of kids in there because we have like a couch and two TVs set up with PlayStation 4s. And so we're already getting kids in there hanging out and, you know, they're not on the streets doing crazy shit, which is a big part of why we wanted to do it too. We want to do kind of a youth diversion thing eventually, do some skate camps and, you know, get together with local police department and, you know, just, just try to keep kids out of trouble. Yeah, that sounds like such a good idea, man. That's something that when I was a little kid and I was going through the, like the thick of it all, like, um something like that would i would have benefited from amazing like so much if that was around yeah that's what we're hoping to do man we're trying to there's not a park here either there's not parking all of fort mill you gotta go all the way to charlotte you gotta drive 45 minutes to to waxall to go to the nearest skate park and we want to start a park here eventually too yeah man i like that's what i did i just went to the local skate shop when i was a little kid like my father just passed when i was like 12 and then that was around the same exact time i found skateboarding and then as soon as I got a skateboard, we found a skate shop and that was yeah. it. It was like the older dude who was like paying the bills and like hyped on skating, teaching me about magazines and videos. And like, he gave me something to work at, you know, like the shop kept me, they had team videos and stuff. And instantly I'm like, Oh, now I got to learn a lot of tricks so I can just be in that video, you know, like, and yeah. now my time spent skating hours, you know, like so clutch, man. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And it can be like a skate park is uh, i mean a skate shop and a skate park can be like um real good for the community you know like you said all those kids man kids that might need somewhere to go that it's not necessarily a coach but there's like adults around that are trying to be good examples you know yeah yeah that's exactly what we're trying to do super important mm-hmm. that's cool man and uh, how long's the shop been open three weeks damn sick there yeah you go. <laughs> we've been open for three weeks we're doing good um we're hoping we're hoping to have an online store open soon, but that's that's in the works. Other than that, we have kids coming in all the time, just hanging out and playing on our PlayStation and, you know, wanting to get into the scene, buying boards. We've given some boards out to kids who said they couldn't buy them, you know, then and there. So we're just trying to build the scene up here, get people skating. Yeah. Sick, man. What What's all that stuff behind you, all those patches? Uh, Those are random patches from police departments around the world. I was going to say around the United States, but yeah, there's some from other countries there and people just send them to my PO box and I built this giant patch wall. There's like four, three or 400 on that one. 
Then I have another one right here you can't see that has probably 200 on it. And then I have a box with probably 2,000 more patches in it. So I've got to find somewhere to put all these patches. And then, yeah, just this is all like stuff that people have sent me. I've got some pop figures from uh, Super Troopers that are signed by the Super Troopers guys. Yes. And uh, yeah, just just all sorts of stuff. I collect vintage video games, so I got like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, all that stuff right there. What's some of, what are some of the games? What do you got there? Oh man, take me back. <laughs> take you back. Um. Oh God, my Nintendo. Hold on. One moment, sir. All right, that's fine. <laughs> oh, check this out. This is cool. I still have the original boxes for Super Mario th- Three and Super Mario Two. Wow. So, yeah, I'm psyched about that. I, I just collect stuff like that, man. I got some Tony Hawk Pro Skater stuff, of course. Um, yeah, I just, I've got a ton of, ton of games down there. I like, I, lo- the, I, I like Mario Brothers 3. The, that was the better one. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mario Brothers 2, I don't even think that was supposed to be a Mario. It was some other game, but they saw that Mario 1 made so much money, they took this other game and just, like, plugged the Mario characters into it. That's why it doesn't make any sense, and it's so weird. It's like Mario on acid. Well, that's, that blows my mind, dude, because I've always wondered that. Because you have to, like, hop on. Even the way you kill the enemies and stuff are all different. Yeah, you so pick weird. them up and throw them. And yeah. then there's, like, radishes in the ground that coins come out of. and It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> um, okay, back back to the playlist. Um, sovereign citizens. <laughs> sovereign citizens. I love sovereign citizens, man. Um, so sovereign citizens are people who think that the rules don't apply to them and that they don't have to follow the the laws of the place that they live in the United States. They are a sovereign citizen, and they produce some of the best content that I can take and turn into something funny because they always record themselves being pulled over and trying to tell cops, your laws don't apply to me. And they usually end up being pulled out of their car um, because the laws do apply to them. They're citizens of the United States. And it just, it produces some insane content because they upload it themselves. They say they they'll put it on YouTube and say, I was completely right in this. This is my right to drive this car and all this. And so they, they, kind of screw themselves by uploading it because i i find them like that and people send them the videos to me and i'll take them and turn them into a video so kind of like sovereign citizen bingo we have bingo cards with the common phrases sovereign citizens say and we'll sit there and play bingo i'll play it with my followers we have interactive cards it's really fun wow dude yeah (laughs) you're like a big fact checker you catch him you're like no sorry (laughs) yep (laughs) that's so funny man uh yeah and then so you do the youtube you got the shop you got the you're on instagram as well mm-hmm. Liar, <laughs> um and how i wanted to ask you more about your channel actually like how often do you upload uh i try to do three videos a week at least sometimes i sometimes i do more sometimes i do less but i try to do three i have no upload schedule and i never have um i just kind of go with the flow and three is like manageable. Yeah, that's manageable for me because it takes, you know, one of my videos might be 10 minutes long, but it takes me four or five hours to research an hour to actually film you know, four or five more hours to edit the video. And it comes down to a 10 minute video or less. So a lot goes into one video. I do a lot of research to make sure I'm right. Yeah, or that the fact the facts that I find are right because I don't want to misinform people. Yeah, that would suck, especially if you're calling someone else out and you're just wrong. Like, has yeah. that happened? Um, I don't think so. I'm trying to think. I I don't think it's happened yet. I'm sure I'm going to make a mistake one day and people are going to call me out for it. Not, I'm not saying I don't make mistakes, but just like majorly calling someone out. I yeah. think I've done my research pretty well so far. That's good. Wait, did you... Did uh, it take a while to get used to be in front of the camera and like talking and doing all that? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was that was really hard. I was super nervous. I have social anxiety pretty bad, and so like getting in front of the camera back in 2016 when I started the channel, I could like barely do it. It was it was it was really hard for me because I was wanting to stream on Twitch as well when I started back then, and that was even harder because I had people actually watching me while you know while I was trying to play games or do whatever. But, I mean, just like anything, if you practice it enough, you get good at it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, 
I've been doing it for a while too, and it's not easy. It's definitely a, it takes a lot of practice, and it's hard because you have hours of you, you know, like you can go back and watch it. You're like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, watching yourself. <laughs> I can't, I can't stand what. Even to this day, I can't stand watching myself or hearing my own voice for you know hours while I'm editing video, and I doubt myself so much. Yeah, but you just got to get past that. Yeah, you just keep going. Well, mm-hmm. that's what I was kind of asking. Like after a while, if you're if you do something long enough, you figure out what works for you and you settle in and you can find uh, like how much to create too. I remember when I first started, I was just doing I was creating way too much stuff just out of excitement, you know, and trying mm-hmm. to put too much out there and like trying to figure it out. And then it's more like a long term thing, huh? You just kind of figure out what's sustainable for you and what type of stuff you like to do. Oh yeah, for sure. You have to enjoy what you're doing too. Yeah. Like you see a lot of content creators get burned out, which I've gotten burned out a few times, especially looking at the kind of content that I look at all the time. But um you just you just gotta enjoy what you do. That's a yeah. big part of it. Is that I, I haven't really watched too many of your videos, but do you cover like is it a lot of heavy stuff? Are there um shootings and stuff like that? Yeah. The um that's what I'm probably most known for is breaking down shootings and the majority of the time people die in them. Oh, and, brutal. Um, brutal. Yeah, if it's not the cops dying, of course, it's the suspect dying. And um, that's just – that's a big chunk of what I do. And I get burned out on that, you know, once uh, – every few months. And I'll have to just switch and do some other kind of content, do some Leo recaps for a while, maybe maybe even go out and do some vlogs for a while, and then just chill, just chill out and not look at death for a week or two. And then I'll go back to it and start making the shooting breakdowns again. And why did you stop being a police officer? Uh, the YouTube channel started to pick up, and I wasn't exactly making much money, but I was. My family was scared and about me being a police officer because you know people are just starting to hate police more and more, and uh, I was just stressed out, and I didn't, I didn't want to have to deal with it anymore, honestly. Yeah, I guess yeah. making videos commentating on it is like way less stressful than. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I worked third shift too, so I worked all night long and you know twelve hours at a time. Then I'd have to go to court in the morning, and then I had you know I was on the SWAT team, so I would get called out quite a bit to go kick in doors and shit like that. So it, it was just a lot going on, and I you know I commend the people that can do that for twenty five years and retire. I don't know how they do it. But dude, imagine the load they carry, just like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> what um as a SWAT, was there anything like stuff that was uh maybe the craziest or maybe like the best situations that you've run across? Doesn't always have to be negative, but Yeah. Um I don't know. Craziest. It was all it was all about the same. We never got into anything too crazy. I think one of the craziest things we got in on the on the SWAT call it was a guy with a shotgun barricaded in this house. And um I was number two man going through the door and my captain, my SWAT captain, accidentally flashbanged me. So I go in the door half blind and there's supposed to be a guy waiting with a shotgun in there, and this is after we shot tear gas in. And the sill on my mask wasn't good. I forgot to like check it very good before we went in. So I had a little bit of tear gas seeping into my mask. And I was kind of blind from a flashbang. Felt like I just got punched in the chest and I couldn't see very well. And I'm the number two man in the door. And there's supposed to, like I said, there's supposed to be a guy with a shotgun waiting in there. And um, we ended up clearing the whole place. And the guy had escaped out the back before we got there. So <laughs> Lucky you. That's probably, that probably one of the hairiest, hairiest moments I, I ever got into on SWAT. Yeah, that's the worst time to be partially blind and so confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the absolute worst time. So. No worries, man. Yeah, um, what about as a cop? So, like, just on the street? Um, majority of that? What is the majority of that? Like, cause you, how long were you a police officer for? Three years. So what was the majority of that during your days? Uh, just, just bullshit calls. Yeah? Any yeah. skateboarders? Um, I never got called on any skateboarders. I used to go hang out with the skateboarders and like, I would ride their boards around. Um, I'd be like, Hey man, let me see that. And, um, you know, we, we would get disturbance calls every once in a while, but they weren't really acting up or doing anything bad. That's, those are the times I would show up and just grab their board and be like, what's this? And just like ride around a little bit, maybe do a little Ollie. And uh, it would just blow their minds that the cop came up and started skating with them. Yeah. That's definitely always a cool time when you're out skating and a cop comes on and rides your board for sure. Yeah. yeah. I've had that happen a few times, dude. So oh, really? 
yeah, they either, I've had someone recognize me, a cop, and come over and be like, oh, I know who you are. That was cool. And then another time I had one uh, cop come over and do a tray flip on my board, which was so Oh, that's awesome. Took him a few tries. Took him a few yeah. tries. But... Did he have his duty belt on and everything? Yeah, he did. Oh, that's great, <laughs> he, man. He was young, dude. He was really young and a little too excited about it that I was like, I don't know, like, he must have been new to the force. I saw him like year like two years later and he pulled up next to me he put his lights on pulled up next to me and was like hey remember me you filmed me and i did and i was like yeah i do remember you and then he just like sped off i was like oh, oh my god dude. I was <laughs> that's like, so cool yeah it was cool but i was also kind of like how is he still a cop like he's like kind of just breaking the laws dude he like pulled me over to remind me to sort of be like you remember me like <laughs> Dude, he must have been excited about about Trey flipping on your board. Yeah, he was. That, that, that's such a memorable moment for him. That's so cool. Yeah, when I first met him, he was definitely green, like green. He was brand new, new to the police academy, and he was doing that. So I don't know. <laughs> nice wild, man. Yeah. That's got to be hard to do that because he's wearing his vest, uniform, and he's got yeah. you know thirty pounds of gear on. Yeah. And and boots probably. Yeah. That's intense so. to think about it like that. Yeah, I didn't even really yeah. think about that. So. That's crazy. So what are most of your days now? Uh, just making content. I, uh, you know, I wake up, I take my son to school. I have a 10 year old, his name's John. And I research some videos and I might film a little bit. And then I go into the skate shop now and I hang out there for an hour or two and then come home, film some more, edit some video. That's about it, man. Try to skate now as much as I can. All right. So if you, if you had to tell your kid which one to go towards, which one would he go towards? Vlogger, YouTuber, skate shop owner, or uh, or police officer seals? Uh, definitely not police. I no. I, would, I'd, I forbid him from doing that. He doesn't. I, I don't want. I just wouldn't want want him to do that. It's too yeah. dangerous. You make shit money. Uh, you end up carrying a lot of stuff with you. Um. I don't know, man. If you want to join the military, I'd be down for that. I always think that's a good option when you. You know, if your heart's set on it or you don't know what you're doing in life, man, I don't know. I would I would love for him to pick up, you know, some of my followers and be able to do YouTube for a living. That would be really cool. Yeah, that so, would be epic. We'll just he, right now, he wants to um, he wants to be an engineer and build a teleporter so people can teleport. That's his <laughs> that's his dream Sick. at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping he accomplishes that goal. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that, that's gonna... his dream right now. He's single-handedly going to turn us into the Jetsons. I'm backing it, dude. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for that. The world's crazy now. You never know, you know? That's true. Technology is advancing at a really crazy rate. Yeah, it's intense, man. I don't really know. I always worry about, like, uh, kids with the technology and trying to figure it out. Or just even adults and people, like, I trip out all the time because um, I, I also work in, like, a factory place, too. Like, screen print apparel and stuff like that. And I just kind of mm-hmm. look at the full spectrum of people I run across, and I'm like, I don't know, like, I wish everyone could do something like what you're doing or, like, what we're doing with building, like, through the social networks and stuff and trying to build up a community of following and everyone be connected and have some sort of industry they're into or, like, some way to monetize their life, you know? And so oh, yeah. a lot of people just work jobs that are, like, not necessarily what they want to do, but it, they got to pay the bills, you know? Like, yeah. a lot of people out there. The whole thing scares me <laughs> going forward. I'm just like, we have to make this crazy transition from like some one type of work to another type of some sort of work, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, not- man. I feel you on that. I had to jump. Like, I just kind of jumped headfirst into it. And I was I was living in my mom's basement the first two years I was doing YouTube. Yeah. So like some, sometimes you got to make a lot of sacrifices and, you know, do something that makes you happy. But if you work hard enough at it and grind at it, a lot of times it'll pay off. How how long did it take to build your channel up to where you could uh, make a little bit of income to like cover some of your time, you know? Yeah, it took it, it took about two years. There you go. To to completely like move out of my parents house and you know, get my own apartment and, you know, start just like doing everything on my own. And they, my parents are awesome. They just really believed in me and knew that I could do it. And I eventually got to that point and I just grinded and grinded and grinded and grinded and worked hard. And, you know, it was my dream to do YouTube for a living and it, you know, it ended up happening. That's wild. Did they send you the, like when you hit like the milestones, they send you some stuff? 
Um, I've got the 100,000 subscriber plaque up there somewhere, like in the corner. Uh, it usually takes them six months to a year to send the plaques out. So I'm still waiting on my million subscriber for the main channel and my 100,000 for the second channel. I was going to say, they should hook you up for a million for sure. It's intense. Yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting on that one. It takes them a long time, though, to get their shit together to send it out. Yeah. Do, do you ever deal with any, like, um, censorship or copyright issues? or? Um, yeah, I would say probably, like, four out of five of my videos don't even make money because they're, um, they're uh, deemed not... Uh, not good for ads because of the content. Uh, so, so, yeah, uh, that kind of sucks. That's why I try to grind out as many videos, interesting videos as I can without like losing my flair because they demonetize almost every single one of my videos. Yeah, that's what I was wondering because your topics are so like risque and everyone's so sensitive nowadays, including the yep. internet and everyone connected to it. <laughs> yep, exactly. So like maybe one out of five videos, I'll make I'll make money off of the ads. So, but, yeah, so it sucks, annoying. man. But I ha I have so many different revenue streams to that helps me make up for that. So you know I stream I stream on Twitch. I sell merchandise. Um, now I have the skate shop. I'm like you know I'm just trying to get as many avenues of income as I can because you know one day YouTube could be like hey, fuck you we don't like you on our platform bye. So it's good to diversify if you're into this kind of work. Yeah, definitely. You don't want to put all your stuff in one basket for sure. Yeah. That's what more and more people are, are going to have to do, it seems, is like they're going to have to have multiple revenue streams. Like if that's not already happening now, which it feels like multiple people work multiple jobs and just like trying to figure it out, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what I, I'm on the same thing as you. Like, I just like run the brand. I keep my job because it helps me grow skateboarding. So I'm mm -hmm. like, and then I, I I work for World and I run all I need. And then I do like the social media and YouTube stuff. And it's just multiple streams. And they're all the only way I'm able to do it is because it all benefits skateboarding in some way, which makes it interesting and a challenge to me. Because I'm oh, like, yeah. I like like my work is like apparel, so I'm able to work with the apparel and bring it into the skateboard brands and stuff like that. So it keeps me interested in it, you know. Whereas otherwise, if I didn't have anything I was into, it would just be mindless work, you know. Yeah. When did you start All I Need? Um, what was it like? 2010, 2011. Okay. Let me check and go back. It's been a while. Actually, a little earlier, 2009. I was riding for Zoo York at the time, 2008, 2009, like right there. Yeah. Yeah, it was like I started it just with T-shirts. I was riding for Zoo York, and uh, I just was like, I want to try this. I just want to see if I can do this myself. And then yeah. I started T-shirts and kept going. So That's so cool, man. I used to love Zoo York. I probably used to love you when I was in high school. I just <laughs> I just been out of the Thanks, scene man. for so long. I forgot everyone. Like, I just forgot everyone's names. I remember Harold Hunter. Yeah. Um, um, he knew, he died a few years ago, didn't he? Yeah, he I, did. I think. Yeah. He was on New York before me. Okay. Yeah. I was so. like after. I'm I'm a little older than you. You said you're 32. Mm-hmm. I'm 36. And, okay. Um, but I was kind of late to skateboarding. Like I didn't turn or not late to skateboarding, but I was late to turn pro. I was like 27, 28 when I turned pro. And then, uh, yeah. So I was a little, like I was always a be. I was watching dudes in magazines and videos, and they were like younger than me. Because when yeah. I got into skating, I was like, I was like 13, and then I was in the East Coast, and there wasn't much, there wasn't much of an industry. It was just like everything's out west. So I was just watching all these dudes, and they're like so good at skating. And then I, later I find out I'm like they're my age or they're younger. I'm like the whole time I felt like they're older than me. That's that's pretty weird, I guess. But <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, what, but yeah, Zoo uh, York was sick, man. I rode for them when I. It was me, Susky, Brandon Westgate, Donnie Barley. Do you know? You remember okay. Donnie Barley? Yeah, gnarly Barley. Yeah, dude. He uh, he actually helped me get into the situation where I could. Like he he got me on Birdhouse because he was riding for them, and he like put my name out there. And then same with York, he ended up riding for them, and he he put my name out there, and that helped a lot too. So, but he's like, you know, he's a little older than me. He's still shredding, by the way. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I I love getting like getting back into this scene and just like learning who all the new people are, like the top people. And it's just so much different from when I was younger and seeing how much the people I looked, I looked up to when I was younger have changed also. Cause I was a big, um, 
I was big into flip. I had flip. Sorry. Yellow VHS tape. And I watched it like every single freaking day. And, uh, so it's, it's crazy how some people's lives turned out. We were skaters. Yeah. The artist's still killing it. Uh, he's like, um, working with new balance and shredding still. And like Bastion Salabanzi. Yeah. I saw, I've seen some of Bastion's boards around. Yeah. He rips dude. Um, I wanted to uh, test you. I wanted to, like you did with your, I wanted to know what the five gun rules are on the oh, spot, bro. Oh, Christ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is not fair. This is not fair. Okay, okay. Um, um, don't point your gun at something unless you intend to destroy it. Know um, where your target is and what's beyond it. Keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to fire. Um, uh I know, I know. You're putting me on the spot, man. Dude, come on. Man. <laughs> I know you're putting me on the spot. I can operate the shit out of a gun, but you're putting me on the spot, and I can't remember the last two. I even told him to my son, and now I can't think of the last two. I got you. I got you. You did. You got me. You got me. <laughs> Christ. That's all right, man. <laughs> Shetler shamed me. I'm going to have to go just, tell all my friends. I just watched the video, and I couldn't remember him. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my god. I like the one where you aim you have to know what you're aiming at and what's behind it. I thought that was like That's a very important one. Yeah, that one makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. That's why you know that's why police officers train to shoot center mass too. It's because it's the least likely part of the body that a bullet's gonna leave out of and hit something else. Oh wow. That's I never knew that. Yeah, that's why you don't do leg shots or arm shots. You know, people are always like, Why didn't they shoot him in the leg? It's like, well, it's probably going to go through their leg and bounce off and hit some civilian. Yeah, more damage than you would like. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, like, have you ever had to pull a gun on anyone? Like, I, I, use, did you have to use it? I've never, I never had to use my service weapon. I've pulled it on plenty of people, but I never had to use it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that seems like such a gnarly moment to have to pull your gun out. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But the majority of people get the idea when they're looking, you know, down a barrel that they probably should stop what they're doing. But then of course there are some people that don't get that idea, but I never had to experience that. What about people with, with guns besides the cops, like people you're pulling over and stuff? Um, yeah, I, I never had a gun pointed at me or anything, but you know, I pulled people over who were wanted for felonies and kept an eye on them and got them out of the car and got them in handcuffs and then found a gun like under their seat or down beside their seat within reaching distance where if I wasn't as attentive as I was, they probably could have pulled it and shot me. Yeah. So there's, there's actually a few videos out there of, of people who have murdered police officers and they're telling their stories about how, Oh yeah, I got pulled over by this one cop and he kept watching me. So I couldn't pull my gun, but I got pulled over the next day by another cop and the cop looked away for a few seconds and I pulled my gun and shot him. So, you know, it probably saved my life keeping my head on a swivel and being so attentive. Yeah, that moment, people are sometimes unfair to cops because, like, going up to a car or, like, any situation is definitely not fair, you know? It's like a rough situation for everyone involved. <laughs> yeah. What kills me is when people are like, that cop had his hand on his gun. It's like, dude, I've seen so many videos of cops walking up to cars and the person just going, bam, and shooting them. Yeah. Like, sometimes the cop's going to have their hand on their gun. You just got to get used to that. Yeah, I like most of the cops I deal with, honestly, like growing up with my family's issues, like a lot of them were really understanding and super cool to me, you know, it was always like I was bummed to see them, but like they were there just to help out for the most part. And then with skating, like the majority of cops, they're kicking us out, but a lot of them are just cool and mellow about it and and relaxed, you know, occasionally get some asshole, but yeah, there's always going to be an asshole. In, 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 yeah, in anything you do, there's a million cops in the United States, you know, and in, in any group of a million people, there's going to be some dickheads. Yeah. Why do you think the why do you think a lot of people are so resentful now or like what is feeding to that? Social media and just a lot of lies, just like I was saying, liar, liar, pants on fire. That's where that whole series comes from, is if you see the same stuff that's bad over and over, people don't people don't do their research. So if they keep seeing bad stuff over and over and over and over, it's just, you know, it's going to throw fuel on the fire and they're going to resent police. And there are there are incidents where police officers fuck up and just like they do things they shouldn't have done. And of course, those are the most popular incidents. So people get it in them in their minds. That that's how all cops are when that's not the case at all. Yeah. 
they might need to disconnect from their fucking social media for a while. <laughs> that that's a good idea. Or just use Google and then look up what actually happened. Yeah. You have the whole fucking internet human intelligence at the fingertips, like look into it. Yeah, you use that phone. Yeah, but it's that like a lot of people are so quick, man. I think it, what it is is that we have this new power as like individuals. We have the internet where they we're able to connect to each other and like spread ideas and we can spread bad ideas as well as good ideas. Oh yeah. You know? Blessing and a curse, man. Yeah, t- totally. Totally. <laughs> it's scary. It bl- blows my mind the more I think about it cuz I'm like ah, it's just a tool. That's why I keep reminding myself with like the internet, it's just a tool. You can use it to like burn shit down if you want. You can destroy and be destructive or you can use it to connect and build and whatever, you know, like but a lot of people there's a good amount of people that just want to be entertained, you know? Yeah, yeah, those are my favorite kinds of people. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I, I think it's awesome, man. It's a cool story. Um, I'm glad you opened up a skate shop. That could definitely help a lot of people, and I hope that it's successful. Just, you know, it sounds like you'll do great, man. Just foster a good skate community and uh, be a part of it, which sounds like you're engaged with your audience, so... Oh yeah, dude. Thanks a lot. That 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 does mean a lot coming from you. So thank thank you so much for that, man. It really makes a difference, man. Like skateboarding saved my life, and a big part of that is from a skate shop. Like my friend Jay Vasconcellos owns Solstice Skate Shop. They've been open for 24 years here in New Bedford, Massachusetts, and uh, he just like helped. He helped me see. He was someone that I looked at as an example of of someone that like kind of was autonomous, their own person not following all the rules like a normal person, but doing his own unique thing and keeping skating alive. And it really got me thinking, you know, I was like, this person's epic and it's cool that he created the solstice skate shop and everybody loved the shop and the whole community. It's weird. Cause we saw like the cops go from giving us a hard time to like solstice being successful and helping all these people in, get into skating to the cops just being totally cool to us. Awesome, man. Yeah. That's which so was great. Epic. Cool, man. Uh, yeah, I guess this would be the time just if you want to just plug the channels. I'll put them in the descriptions, but maybe you could just plug uh, whatever ones you use, whatever social media you use. Uh, yeah, the big thing that I want to plug, uh, of course, is 5.0 Skate Shop. That's uh, F-I-V-O-H. Our website isn't up yet. The store is not up yet online, but we do have an Instagram. So Instagram.com slash 5.0 Skate Shop. If you guys could follow that, that would be is, awesome. Is the 5.0 uh, a cop reference too and a trick reference? Yep. Nailed it, my friend. Nailed it. <laughs> I, when I saw it, I was like, ah, oh, and then I looked in a little further. I was like, ah, oh, it's perfect. Yep. Cool, man. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Awesome. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for having me on. No worries.